This is a CBC Podcast. Brian Mayer might be a religious leader for the 21st century. His congregation gathers online. And although Brian is a rabbi, his flock is not all that Jewish. Some are atheist, some are believers from other religions, and some aren't really sure what they are. As for the sermons, they aren't delivered from on high. They appear as newsletters in your inbox in the middle of the night. Brian's own approach to religion is curious. He never uses the word God, for instance, without a subtitle, kind of like when Prince went around using a symbol instead of a name. To refer to the divine, Brian uses the phrase, the God, bracket, of your understanding, end bracket. Rabbi Brian Zachary Mayer is the author of How to Find Out What the God of Your Understanding Wants from You. He is also the founder and chief rabbi of Religion Outside the Box. Hello, Rabbi Brian. Hello, Mary. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I love uh, being likened to Prince. That's very that's exciting. pretty cool, eh? <laughs> yeah. It, it gets better. I once saw Prince likened to Jimi Hendrix in a G-string. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a that's, that's a good one, eh? So um, we we just we just could be starting with all kinds of the whole string of comparisons here. I got a little lost on the visual there. Kind of <laughs> distracted me for a moment. <laughs> We'll forget Prince. We'll put Prince okay. aside. Your your newsletter, the, the 77% weekly, um, mm-hmm. I devour this when this comes in. It's like nothing else that I see in my email. Oh, well, thank you. That, that means a lot to me. Well, why 77%? Tell me a little bit about how this came to be. Mm, well, I started doing... Uh, random thoughts to people um, and, you know, religious thoughts. And they told their friends, they told their friends, and it kind of became a a newsletter-ish. But the pressure was getting to me um, (laughs) of trying to do it weekly. And um, I had this this notion that we – and it's just this, you know, it's a spiritual religious notion. I'm not the only uh, person preaching this, is that we all push ourselves way too hard. So I decided to send it out three out of four weeks uh, a a month, or taking the last – week of every month off. And that winds up being 40 out of 52, if you take one one week a month yes. off. And 40 out of 52 is approximately 77%. So it's a 77% weekly. And as, as you know, um, the last Monday of every month, you get a little email that says, there is no newsletter. Um, take some time to, to reflect, to, to not be so busy, to take it easy. You know, you, you say this is common, but I'm not sure there are a lot of religions in which the message is Relax. You're probably doing too much. Um, I mean, in fact, this is this is what I really like about the newsletter. But it makes me think: Are are you promoting a kind of, you know, is this a spirituality for slackers? No, no. It's, this is whoa. No, not not. This is not. It's really hard to not do, and that we all we all forget that we need to stop doing, and we all we, we all. And I do this myself. Look, I, I'm writing the newsletter to myself. Is I, mm-hmm. I push myself really hard. <laughs> Taking some time off is a really important thing to do, and it's not for slackers. It is hard. Have you you know how many people can't just sit still for five minutes? It's really hard to do. All, all the more so to take a full day off. Oh. Well, this I, is not for slackers. This is hard. I, I know it's hard, and I, I really like seeing your little gentle admonishments in print mm. because whenever it does land in my inbox, yes, I'm 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 doing too much, and there there's you know Rabbi Brian kind of coaching from the sidelines saying, guess yeah. what? I think you might be pushing yourself a bit too hard at the moment. I think, damn, is he following me around? How <laughs> how pervasive is that, do you think? I mean, how widespread oh, we, is this urge to be on all the time? Oh, I think we do it all. It's it's all over the place. This is um, 
this just being being a human being is we we always you know we're always trying to do and we we get uh, i think if i can put it into a spiritual religious framework it's that we we think of ourselves as what we do we think of ourselves as what we have we think of ourselves as you know how clever we are our thoughts and we're not any of those things and that that's a really hard uh rubric to shake and to realize that we're not those things and to to realize that we're more than that and that it's all right to coast a little bit and i also like 77% because that's a passing grade and it's i think i put it in every week every every month so life is pass fail you don't die and they go oh he got an a she oh she got a c no you it's pass fail and as long as you're breathing i think you're passing you you said something really intriguing a minute ago, this idea that mm. we're not what we do, we're not what we have, mm-hmm. we're something more than that. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you were to take a stab at putting into words what we are then, what, what no, are don't we? Don't make th- th- No, no I, I, I'm glad to say what we're not. Um, medi- meditate on it and your time off of not doing, not, not being, start to think about it. One of, one of my really fun... Um, exercises that that I put together was uh, based off of Descartes was he said I think therefore I am and I I, I love to challenge people to think of what would you put in instead of cogito instead of I think ergo some what would you put in blank therefore I am would you put in um, you know I complain therefore I am or um, I have stuff therefore I am my parents procreated therefore I am or why you know blank therefore I am it's a great spiritual um, kind of a koan something to, to push you to start thinking about these things you you um, you get a lot of, a lot of mileage out of koans I mean you hmm. you you like to set people up with kind of little spiritual exercises just yes. to get you know to challenge people to get people thinking in a to shake yeah. up the rubric as you put it yeah what what are some of the some of the little spiritual exercises um people have responded to from you uh one of my favorites ever uh was of the email from god i asked people to imagine that in your inbox you got an email that said uh from god and then you have to imagine what's the subject line Right? Did God just send you a forward of something? Or, uh, and then if you have more than one email address, which email address did God send it to? And then to, to think it all the way through, what's in that message? How does it start? Does it say, dear Mary, dearest Mary, to whom it may concern? Occupant. Right? Uh, it right, says dear. occupant. Right? Uh, or, and then how is it signed off at the end? Does God say love? Does it say love God? Does it what what does it say? And then also what's in the subject line? And then I ask people to think even further about it is how would you reply? Right? Would you say dear God or to whom it may concern or how would you put that? And I, and one of the things I don't care you know if people use the word God qua God to mean God just just in the in the point of the exercise it gets people to think. And that that's really what what religion outside the box is all about is uh, if if I put it in educational terms, kind of up on on uh, on Bloom's taxonomy, I want people to be thinking. I want them to be thinking about their religious ideas, not just rote memorizing. I want them to, I want to give them exercises so they have to use their own spiritual religious brain to think about their own issues. Because what I tell them, you know, I might think it's fantastic, but it's it's so much more powerful if I can get people to think for themselves. I, I, I should probably mention here, if we're talking about correspondence, email to and from the creator, I mean, 
you're a guy who once wrote a Dear John letter to God, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, was, I was very mad at God at the time. And it, it did even have a thing and it said, uh, Dear God, who I still don't believe in and don't anyone misconstrue this letter to think that I do believe in God for my having written this letter. But I'm so pissed there. off. And <laughs> yeah. Some things I need to write. Uh, and, my and, upstairs... Sorry, right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. And, and, and tell me a little bit more about the letter. What 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 were you oh, saying was, to God? And I what did it do for you? I was in rabbinical school, and I was ticked off. My upstairs neighbor had died, leaving uh, his widow pretty, pretty uh bad off and I was just pissed off and I didn't know where else to turn so I wrote I wrote a dear John letter to God breaking up with God saying God that's it I'm done I feel like I'm the only one working in this relationship and you're not putting in anything and looking on back on it you know 15 something years later I'm pretty sure if I can anthropomorphize God uh, at that time God was really um, amused by my letter and um, really touched that I actually reached out um, but that's uh, yeah. So, uh, how how would you characterize the change in the way you thought of a god back then, and the way you might think of uh, of the divine mm. now? I I know much more now that I know nothing, or I know so much less. Mm. I was pretty certain, you know, when I wrote the dear God letter, the dear John letter, um, I was breaking up with that anthropomorphic notion of that. God in the sky um, that, you know, so few people actually do believe in. So um, I, I've just done a lot of learning and studying and uh, 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 understanding about God since, talking to people. One of my favorite ways of learning about God, um, and anyone can do this, and I encourage anyone listening to this to do this, ask people you know. Say, tell me three things you know for certain about God. And at first, it, nobody talks about God in this kind of way. So it, it's great conversation. So tell me three things you know for certain about God and listen to their answers. And if you like their answers, write them down and you know, take those as some of your own. Um, and if you don't like their answers, you know, ask, ask other people until you start to find out some of your notions of God. Now, I've, I've read your three or, or a version of your three at some point, And they were something like, God is simple. God is not mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. I am not God. Yeah, I'm pretty certain about all three of those. That's a pretty good start. Yeah, um, it, I kind of think of um, that. That was a, uh, maybe a year plus ago that I wrote that. I like to think of our, all of our notions of God somewhat like fire insurance policies. <laughs> like you got your fire insurance policy when you got the house, but you haven't really renewed it, and you haven't looked at it since, and it might not still be appropriate. <laughs> um, I think the same with our theology is that we, we forget to look at it every so often and go, do I still believe what I used to believe? Well, you know, what I find really interesting and a little bit scary is that th- there is so often um, a void between the Dear John letter, the, well, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I no mm-hmm. longer believe in the guy with the long beard in the sky, mm-hmm. but then coming to a kind of reflective, mature, smart, well-thought-out, heartfelt view of what replaces that. And yeah. often what replaces that is, well, God damned if I know, you know, nothing. Right. So what, well, that, what, what do you do with that? <laughs> Shockingly, that's where my books come in. Um, <laughs> that, and that, that's the whole point is that what do you, how do you get an adult understanding of God? If you know it's not this, how do you start to come up with what it is? And that's where that, that exercise of asking people comes along. And that uh, meditation comes along and... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think a lot of us have adult 
conceptions of of God. Um, One of my other favorite, favorite, favorite exercises ever uh, to do, and it's in the book, and you you probably saw it, was to ask people uh, to be in a mock therapy session with God. And this, it's it's unbelievably fun to do um, and scary at the same time because you actually have to learn something. But to ask somebody, and I'll do it with you on the phone, sure. uh, on the radio, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah. But it goes it goes like this, and I, I set it up that I'm I'm the spiritual religious consultant, and Mary, um, you and God are here right now uh, because it seems like there have been some things that have been left unsaid in your relationship, and in this very safe space, um, I, I'm going to ask God to not say anything right now, uh, and Mary, I'm going to ask you, you know, what what are some things that you know you haven't said that you feel need to be aired. And wow, does that that can open things up? Wow. And I don't know how how daring you want to be in answering that on the air. You know, I'll I'll be daring. I okay. sometimes I feel like it's wishful thinking that that you know you can pray and you can hope and you can wish and it all amounts to the same thing. And it's kind of a wishful thinking that that I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you and ask you to use first person singular. So I feel that, I feel you're, okay that, that you're just. Yep. That I'm just wishing. I feel that I'm just wishing for something that isn't real, and I mm-hmm. feel that when people say life kind of resulted on Earth as a big, as the result of a big cosmic mm-hmm. crapshoot, maybe that's true, and I'm being mm, a bit of a dupe if I think there is some mm. meaning to life beyond that. So, what would you want to tell God in that case? You would uh, want to tell God that you wished. For what? I wished that God was real, but I don't know if I'm kind of speaking to my imaginary playmate. Well, that's that's a great place to start, that you wish that God would show up a little bit more and, and be there for you. Yeah. As opposed to leaving you to feel, mm, I might be a little nuts here. Yeah. And then what what I'm going to do right now, um, if if we don't, don't mind, is I'm going to switch seats in this role playing, and I'm still going to be the spiritual religious consultant. And Mary, at this point, I'm going to ask you to play the part of God, and God, I'm going to ask you to play the part of Mary. <laughs> so, um, in this case, Mary, being played by God, isn't allowed to talk. Of course. Um, but Mary, uh, I'm very clever here. Right? <laughs> um, but Mary, you got, in you the really part of going. God. Yeah, Mary. As and you, I want you to 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 say from God. You just heard what Mary has said. That Mary feels that she wishes uh, that you were a little more present in her life. And God, I'd like you to to respond to Mary. You know, see, I'm really tempted to do the God thing and give you ten minutes of dead air, because that's what God does. Okay, so so I mean that, and, and let's let's time out of the of the role playing, but that gives you some sense of where your God thought is. Anger, is that God's kind of Yikes. angry, and I I dare say Absent. a little bitchy, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, wow, uh, right, and and that's just uh, and this doesn't mean this is where you always are, but at least at this moment, that gives you a sense of where God is in your life. Is that God feels somewhat absent? Mm. And that you feel like God's a little cold towards you. But what do you do with that? Other than, you know, sound bitchy on national radio. Thanks very much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You just take it as part of the process. You're learning. This is a process. I don't know anyone who has their God beliefs for certain. And anyone who does have their God beliefs for certain, I'm suspect of. Uh, That was better than going to confession. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I also need three Hail Marys. 
<laughs> You're a rabbi. You're not getting away with that. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm intrigued by. I mean, you've pegged uh, you've pegged grade four as being the place where very many of us are at in terms mm-hmm. of our religious mm-hmm. thinking. Is it that mm-hmm. bleak? I mean, are are, mm-hmm. are we stuck at that level? Do you think in our in our spiritual religious selves? Well, we're trying to do geometry with only knowing how to do addition. You know, it's 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 just that people haven't worked on it. I, I often ask people to make a drawing of themselves or to make a realistic drawing of their hand. And um, shockingly, most people suck at it. Um, and why? Because they haven't drawn since they were 12. And you can't expect yourself to draw well if you haven't drawn since you were 12. Most people really haven't delved into uh, their, their spiritual religious lives, haven't looked at it. I kind of think most people kind of do it like they play poker. They're kind of bluffing with regard to religion and God. And, you know, as long as they can bluff better than the other people at the party, then that's fine or louder um, or pretend to not care more. Um, but they haven't really looked at this stuff in a real adult way. And, and that's what I, I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to do, well, inter- is to look at it in an adult way. Yeah, interesting that the word adult keeps coming up because you yeah. you know you've mentioned that there seems to be this persistent thought that having some kind of a relationship with the divine with the creator with you know the god of your understanding mm-hmm. is childish why do you think that's so ingrained in people that it is somehow childish to 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 have a belief or to have a relationship with with mm. uh, with a creator well first of all uh, a difference between childish and childlike that there's nothing wrong with being childlike, of having childlike wonder and childlike awe. Th- those are wonderful. Childish is is the, the pejorative one, and that's what you're talking about, is people tend to think that it's childish. Think about Santa Claus. And I know I'm a rabbi. I'm not supposed to talk about Santa Claus, but I will. If, if, you, can, Most, if you can order me to give you three Hail Marys, I'm going to let you right. talk about Santa Claus, too. <laughs> is it... Uh, is that Santa Claus you're only supposed to believe in when you're a child is we have this real dumbing down and then you know it's like oh when did they find out I would like to encourage people to as adults believe in Santa Claus what do you have to lose and wouldn't that shake the world up a little bit it's also one of those questions Mary you know do you believe in God it's it's like trying to force people to say yes or no on a question that Boy, there should be colors of the rainbow to that answer. Huh, and huh. I don't know how to answer that question easily. Right? Do I believe in God? It depends. What do you mean by the word mm-hmm. believe? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by the word God? So my answer is possibly, but that doesn't, you know, <laughs> that doesn't fit in a box well. Oh, shockingly, I'm running religion outside <laughs> the box. How do you like that? Let me take you back a few years. You, uh, you've described yourself as having been raised in the typical Upper West Side New York Jewish family, which I yes. love this description. Pork chops, no. Prosciutto, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, as long as it had an Italian name, it was fine. <laughs> it's pork, but, you know, be that as it may. No, well, no, no, it was prosciutto. It was, it was prosciutto, fine. Yeah. What, what, tell me a little bit about your religious life growing up. What were some of your beliefs when you were little, Brian? Um, I was told I was Jewish. Uh, because my parents thought they were Jewish, so I thought I was Jewish, and we went to his, you know the synagogue on the high holidays, and uh, we kept Passover. But let me let me also explain: we kept Passover, so we wouldn't eat bread. Uh, and then one 
I remember it was a, a Friday night and we were driving, so it should give you an idea of how religiously observant we were. And we had a coupon for Burger King that was going to expire if we didn't use it. Hmm. So we hmm. got, uh, we did drive through <laughs> for, and we got bacon double cheeseburgers, but because it was Passover, we threw the buns away and substituted matzah. <laughs> And and to me that is that is reform Judaism at its high that that's the pinnacle right because it was the idea of not eating bread. What'd so. you do with the bacon, Brian? We ate it. <laughs> How are you gonna have a bacon double cheeseburger without bacon? You know they told me I was Jewish, but I didn't know what any of that meant. So what tugged uh, you towards rabbinical school? You don't sound like a very likely uh, rabbinical candidate. I was quite surprised as well. <laughs> I don't know. I just really enjoyed exploring religion when I was in college. I loved the question why. I wanted to find out more and more. Um, I remember the rabbi at, at the Hillel when I was in, in, in undergraduate at Tufts University. He told me I was going to one day ask him for a, a, excuse me, a reference for rabbinical school, and I told him two words that I can't say on the air. Um, uh, and then later I had to Say, Jeff, I'm sorry. Can I have that recommendation now? Uh, your, um, and your, I major, kinda, your major wasn't religion, I take it. It was, it was uh, architecture. Okay. I was very logical. And, and you were, before launching this idea of outside the box yeah. religion, you were, uh, I mean, is it fair I to say inside the mortar, box? You, you yeah, were, you I was were at, at a brick and mortar congregation, a very uh, a mainstream uh, left-wing congregation. Uh, but it wasn't for me because uh, at the end of the day, my job there was promoting Judaism and I didn't like that as taking precedence over promoting the idea of holiness or a connection with God. And most, and I'm going to use the, the derogatory term, but most God boxes, their primary goal is to promote that God box. And that didn't make any sense to me. I think we're... In, you mean in, that particular think, God box? Catholicism yeah. or Judaism or Islam or or, or, or... or that particular structure, that particular building in itself. Mm -hmm. Not just Judaism, but that building on that street and we're trying to make that building bigger and better and get more members that doesn't make any sense religion sh to my understanding shouldn't be about that religion should be about helping people come to their own understanding of themselves and their 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 place in reality it, we hear from so many people on this program guests and listeners alike who who say well you know i'm spiritual but i'm not religious mm -hmm. yeah and, that's a great phrase well it is a great phrase but here's what really gave me pause a couple of years ago we we had a, a very senior uh, rabbi on a distinguished rabbi in toronto dove marmer who uh -huh. um I, you know i ran the spiritual but not religious thing by him and he said that's like this is nonsense that's like saying yeah. well i believe in education but don't give me schools you yeah. know, uh, what, uh, where are you on this, the, the criticism that it's, it's a, that, that you, can, you could be too loosey-goosey in yeah. your approach to religion? I use the phrase spiritual hyphen religious because people don't have baggage with that yet. So I, I like to talk about our spiritual religious life. And, and that, that seems to include both the people who are inside the box and the people who are outside the box. What about the idea of... Um, structure in, in terms of an actual building where you go with some like-minded people, perhaps some not like-minded people, mm -hmm. to devote uh, an hour or so a week, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever your version of the Sabbath is. I, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I see that when you promote um, a personalized religion, you mm -hmm. say to people, think of where you feel connected mm -hmm. to a larger whole. And if that's hiking, go hiking. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it gets us into the loosey-goosey again. Say I just think, well, maybe I will 
maybe I'll spend it in the kitchen cooking for the rest of my life, and I won't go to a church, and I won't go to a temple or a synagogue, and I won't give this much further thought. You my personalized religion to. is is hiking or cooking or... If, if that works for you, sure. Play around with it some. See if it's cooking for yourself, making a communal meal, seeing if you can go out and cook for people who need food. Play around till it feels comfortable. And I, I, I don't think that anything is going to feel comfortable for, you know, 10 years. It's, you're going to have to, to re- reevaluate and look at it again. That's 10 tough years. Of cooking? Not if that's what you chose to do. <laughs> I, if I mean, that's what you want to do, go do it. I mean, the not knowing for 10 years, doesn't that drive you crazy? Oh, um, this is a huge spiritual religious problem or quest or something we all need to deal with, is that certainty is ridiculous, right? <laughs> certainty is ridiculous, and uncertainty is uncomfortable. But we need to deal with our we, there's so little that we're certain of. We need to be more comfortable, if I dare say, with the discomfort. Okay, here, I'm going to do a, um, here's a religion outside the box uh, little uh, thing. So okay. I want you and everyone else, take your hands, take whatever you have out of your hands. If yeah. you're driving, don't do this now. Okay. Um, the, the Canadian Broadcast Association is not responsible for the content of this. Okay. I want you to take your hands and fold them together. Interlace your fingers, every yes. other finger. Okay. Okay. Yep. Interlace your fingers. Yep. Now, make a note to yourself. Is it left pinky on bottom or right pinky on bottom? Okay. Just make a mental note. Yep. Now, undo your hands and re-interlace your fingers with the opposite pinky on bottom. Yes. And Ew. put your hands down. Ew. Right? Boo. <laughs> right? It feels weird. That's yes, it uncomfortable. Does. Yes, it is. Now, all we're talking about uncomfortable here right now is one finger off, right? And this is uncomfortable. All the more so when you start to realize that very little in life is certain. The only way out is through. And so Robert, uh, Robert Frost once said, the mm, best way out mm. is through. The only way through the uncomfortable feeling is being uncomfortable and getting, un- getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Here's, here's the challenge, I, apart from the very idea of being uncomfortable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, the realm of religion and spirituality, or where, whatever we're going to call it, has often been presented as the realm of the certain and the realm of certainty. You know, you grow you grow up being taught certain things, and these are yeah. immutable facts. And yeah. and it you know it kind of becomes hard in midstream to say, okay, if yeah. that's not okay. true, right, 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 then. So- <laughs> So let, let's look at this. Um, Piaget, uh, you don't remember Piaget? Was Jean Piaget? Development. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, He had this idea of schema of that we take what we know and then how do you uh, – you, you bring in new knowledge and it fits in well with old knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you bring in new knowledge and it doesn't fit mm-hmm. with old knowledge. And what do you do then? For example um, – that pl- planet Plato, uh, Pluto. Remember Pluto? Sure. I remember it used to be a planet. Yeah, it's not a planet. <laughs> it was anymore. demoted. <laughs> it was demoted, yeah. and that's kind of weird. Yeah, and then you remember Brontosaurus? Yes, the biggest. Uh, that didn't ever exist. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So in eighteen ninety-seven or seventy-nine, uh, one of these anthrop one of these guys he dug up these bones and he put the head of one dinosaur on another one and he said this one's a Brontosaurus, but there never was a Brontosaurus. Are you sure? This was. I'm absolutely certain. Wow. Absolutely certain. Right. But look at what that does, the unlearning, the unknowing there. And another example is think just watch what happens in your brain and like the 
what you just said. Are you certain about that? That kind of reaction, right? But that's that's it. That's what this I is I don't about. think so, Brian. I don't think which, so. Which is fine. And some people, some people, but now you're fine with laughing with it and going mm. with it. All the... It's, this is what religion, I, I'm pretty certain, is all about, is learning about yourself and how you react to the world. Learning how do, you, how do you incorporate what used to be true, finding out that it's not true. How do you deal with the fact that Santa Claus that you were told was true isn't true the way you understood it to be true? And then how might you deal with it now going, wait, maybe it is true again? If my religion is about understanding me, what prevents the whole thing from becoming a kind of self-absorbed me, 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 church of me? Um, Jung talks about that idea of the shadow, that yes. there are parts of ourselves that we don't want to deal with so much that we never go towards them. Yes. What would happen if for a month, Mary, for a day, even a day, you just made it all about you and saw what that was actually about and learned about that and then saw from, the oh, look, that's what I'm running away from. Um, I did. Uh, I was a, a part of a, a dinner recently. It was it was called a shadow dinner, where you had to become a part of yourself you didn't like at all oh, no. uh, for an entire oh. dinner in public. Oh. What was and that like? It, I was. Um, I had a, a pseudonym, and I wore a track suit and a lot of gold, and um, it, and I was rude to the waiter, and it was hilarious. But what I found out was that even at my rudest, I'm not as rude as I thought I could ever be. So I, I, what my challenge, I guess, to you is that I don't think even if you thought you were being as selfish as you could be, that you probably aren't going to fall off the end there. I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm so intrigued by the way you sound like a scientist. Like, try it out, check it out. You know, yeah. do, do, well, do the experiment. Find out and, about it. Well, yeah, empirically, right? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What's wrong with doing doing looking at religion with an intellectual understanding of it? I'll bet this serves you well in your current career. You are now teaching mm -hmm. high school. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying it out. <laughs> trying something totally different. I'm teaching high school mathematics. How did this come to be? So you leave the synagogue. You launch religion outside the box. What draws yeah, you towards becoming running a math well. teacher? I wanted to get a master's degree in education because I'm a, I'm a good teacher, but I'm not the best teacher. And I wanted to become one of the best teachers. And so, to become a to get a master's degree in education, they make you uh, work. They make you volunteer your time in a school. And I thought, oh well, what the hell? I'm in. So uh, I started teaching mathematics, high school mathematics. Went from teaching adults about religion to uh, the trigonometry, and uh, wow. it's fantastic. Do you like it? I'm having a great time. I've never worked harder in my life. Okay, so let me quote from one of your July newsletters. Remember okay. to take some time off. If only <laughs> taking some time off from pushing yourself so hard. That would be yeah. a start. Brian, is anybody listening at your end? Are you taking um, some time I, off? I, um, in fact, I did yesterday. Thank okay. you very kindly. <laughs> I, always, there's nothing I, I dislike and love more than when people quote me back to me. It, to give you the gears. Yeah, and it's you, awful. It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, and I, I said this in passing, but it's very true. Uh, a lot of people will email me from time to time saying, I can't believe you, you must be watching me. That was exactly <laughs> yeah. what I needed to hear this week. Uh, but truthfully, I'm writing to myself. I'm writing all of this for me. I need to take time off on a regular basis. And if I didn't write that once a month as a note to thousand-something people, I don't think it would stay in my consciousness. So I write this for me. 
Wonderful. Listen, thanks so much for being here. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, Mary, I, it was such, such a joy. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Rabbi Brian Zachary Mayer is the founder of Religion Outside the Box, ROTB.org.